another episode of Woe Unto Me. I'm Rod. And I'm Butch. And uh, we're glad that you have chosen to tune in today for another exciting uh, adventure through God's Word. How you doing, Butch? I'm doing fantastic, Rod. Um, excited to hop in. The, uh, the thought of going through Romans 9, 10, and 11, these are, some, these are tough, tough chapters, but exciting stuff. I mean, we're going to dig deep. Um, hopefully it's going to stretch us and encourage people, encourage each other. But these are hard verses. This is a, these, these three next three chapters are tough. You know, you're right. These are, as I was thinking about this earlier, these are verses that sometimes divide churches, uh, sometimes divide brothers in Christ or sisters in Christ. But I think what Paul has to say is so encouraging. Um, especially if you are not Jewish, um, to see that you were part of God's plan all along. And so I'm excited because God has something to say uh, to us today. He's got, he's got something to say to the Jews today. And um, he's got some hard things to say. You're right. Uh, yeah. Some things that we need to take to heart. And he's got some things that are just going to bring us a lot of encouragement. Yeah, and when I, I just want to make sure I'm clear up front. So when I say hard things, I don't necessarily mean that this is going to be really rough, like, oh, it's going to hurt people's faith or whatever. I just mean these hard sayings are the things that help us grow the most, right? They force you to think deeply and to think theologically, to really think Christ-centered. And, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that Rod and I have done separately, uh, for many, many years, you guys probably don't know this, but Rod and I have went through a lot of things with uh, a couple different churches, a couple different church plants, working with other brothers and finding out when you start getting in the nitty-gritty of things like this, how you do find out, do people really want to look deeply into God's Word or do you want to just coat it over and move on? And Rod and I are two brothers that know we want to hit things right up front. We want to be honest with where we are, where we think, how God's leading and directing us. But most importantly, it's what does God's word say? Because if it doesn't say something, then don't add to it. Amen. And if it does, then you you better talk about it. Because people are, it. yeah, don't skip over it. As a funny word here. I will say I've been a, been in a place before, and I, it'll make too much sense if I say the names, but mm-hmm. we're going to protect them for now. But I've been places where they flat said, let's skip over Romans 9, 10, and 11. It's too difficult. And it was even in a class where we literally were like, really? spent weeks on different chapters, and then when he got to these three, it was one half of a lesson, and let's move on. Oh, my gosh. Because they didn't want to go there. Their theology didn't fit Mm -hmm. the way Paul is speaking about this. But God has so much to say in these three chapters. Yes, and their power. I think these three chapters are some of the most powerful of what you said earlier, Mm -hmm. how it speaks to the Jews Mm -hmm. that they need to know they are not forgotten. Mm -hmm. They are not replaced. Mm -hmm. And there's replacement theology that gets blasted from these three chapters because God did not forget Israel. But he also has never forgotten the Gentile. And you have that kind of bad teaching. And when you see in these three chapters how God deals with all of us, 
I think it's super powerful to then focus on worship of him and how he is sovereign. Amen. I'll tell you something that really stands out to me, especially in chapter 9, is we get to see uh, behind God's sovereign curtain, if you will. And um, even though there, this is a quote-unquote hard truth, um, it, is, it is God's truth nonetheless. And I think it really shines a light on God's grace and God's mercy. Uh, which ought to make all of us who follow Jesus um, excited and thankful uh, and humble because of what God has done for us and on our behalf. So we'll get there here in just a little bit, and I'll point that out. But uh, yeah. I think this is a beautiful chapter that really shows God's heart. Yeah. And and what's cool is right up front you see Paul's heart. Yes. And you don't usually get a glimpse in Scripture of somebody's well, you do in the Psalms a lot, right? Mm-hmm. From David, you get a lot of his heart pouring mm-hmm. out. But the rest of Scripture, you just get facts a lot. And yeah. here, you get to see Paul's real heart for his, for his kinship. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So we should just dive in. Because otherwise, we'll just keep you at right, Or at least I will. You want, you want to kick us off? Yes. Right so on. Romans 9.1. Paul says, I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Should probably stop here. No, keep going. Okay. I'll go with verse 4 too. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. Now, right away, not only do you get to hear Paul's heart, but you have confidence in who he is referring to. He makes that absolutely clear. This is the people group I am talking about. Um, And I love what he says in verse 2. He says he has great sorrow. Because in the first century, a lot of the Jews had rejected Jesus as their Messiah. And I can see Paul uh, looking at these Jews who have rejected Jesus and having, having his heart hurt for them. Uh, so much so that what, what's, what's he say? He says, I wish that, in verse 3, uh, for I, I could wish that I myself were accursed, uh, separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren. That's, that's huge. You know what? You know what hit me really hard this week, Rod, was the fir- for the first time ever reading this. Mm-hmm. It gave me a different sense of sorrow that I've never had before. Mm-hmm. But I realized, okay, I'm people don't know who I am, or we, no one's ever seen pictures of Rod and I, except right. for those of you that know us. I'm just a lily white guy, who I don't really have a clan or a kinsman or an ethnic group that I really identify with. Like, I don't have a heritage other than German. My mm-hmm. mom's German. Mm-hmm. All of her family's German. They've lived in America for almost 100 years. I don't have that sense of ethnicity or a people group where I'm so strongly tied to them that I identify that way. Mm-hmm. But this is how the Jews were. Yeah. They identified so strongly with their ethnic group mm-hmm. And we're so close to them. And you hear Paul's heart. Like, I, I just think, what kind of love is that? That you're like, I would be willing to give up my salvation if my brothers in, in the Jewish community would come to know him. 
That is godly love. It is. Like, I can't identify with it. I can see it and can, in my head, acknowledge it. But because I never had that kind of identity with a group, Mm -hmm. it's so, it's so incredible to fathom that. I don't know if there's people listening who have identified a long time in their life with a Mm -hmm. ethnic group or a people group or a group of people that they're that tight with their family. But I've seen that. I've seen people that are Italian or, mm-hmm. you know, name a group that people are like so attached that that's my, that's my identity. Right. Yeah. And so if you could fathom Paul living a life, his whole life up until several years prior to this, mm-hmm. all about the Jews. And then when Christians came in, it looked like they were going to attack their group. He went and attacked them. And then when he found out the truth, then his heart then gets flipped over on, wait a minute, I want the Jews to know Jesus. Now that I know he really is God. Yeah. That's the stage that's set here. It and is. I mean, that's love. Man. To think that if, like Paul says, if I could forfeit my salvation so that my brethren might be saved. Now, can you Im- I, No, can I you, can't. Yeah. I can't. Uh, that's, just, that's just love. I mean, that's... It's incredible, but but that's Paul's heart. Yeah, and I, I just hope that that starts this whole stage for us to realize this is where, this is the apostles, the kind of love that God has put in his heart. Yeah, that this is how he feels. Well, agreed. Yeah, that, and, and go ahead. And uh, I mean, Paul starts out, "I am telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying." I mean, he puts this first. He doesn't say, "I wish I could be a curse for your sake." I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. He puts he, he puts that out there first. Look, guys, this is the truth. My conscience testifies within me in the Holy Spirit. Um, I have great sorrow. So he puts that out first. Look, this is the truth about how I feel about you. If I could lose my salvation for your sake, so that you might uh, gain Christ, I would. He knows that he can't. Yeah. But he then talks about how how important the Jews have been throughout history and the incredible promises that they've been given. And he, then he lists all these yeah. things here, right? To them belongs the adoption, mm-hmm. right? The whole idea of us being adopted by our father, yeah. it started with the Jews. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, worship, promises, even the patriarchs from their race. It, oh, wow. Yeah, so Paul makes it clear. This is the people group I am talking about. Uh, you notice he says, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, uh, who, to whom belongs the adoptions as, as sons, because God chose Israel. Uh, and the glory and the covenants, God gave his covenant, he made his covenant with Israel to be that light to the nations. Uh, and the giving of the law, God gave his law, not to the Gentiles, but to Israel and the temple service again. Yeah, the worship. Yeah. And the promises to Israel. Who's out the fathers? Again, to Israel. Uh, and from whom is the Christ according to the flesh? Jesus was Jewish. Uh, who's overall God blessed forever. Amen. Uh, so Paul lets us know he is, his heart is hurting for the Jewish people. Um, and he has a heart. He's got a big heart for them and for their salvation. But look at what he says in verse 6. Um, why is it that all of these Jews have not 
come to Christ? Did, did, did God's word fail in some way? Yeah, What's Paul did he, saying? Yeah, did God fall short somewhere? Yeah. But, Verse 6 says, But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For they are not all Israel who are descended from Israel, nor are they all children because they are Abraham's descendants. And I love this. Um, see this picture where God says, Just because you're born Jewish doesn't make you one of Abraham's sons. And as you know, the Jews believed because they were Jewish and they were circumcised and followed the law that they, they had an end into the kingdom. It, it almost, you know, because I'm yeah. Jewish, it's guaranteed. And Paul says, whoa, you know, hold your horses. Um, no, uh, nope. not, all, not everyone who, not all, for they are not all Israel who are descended from Israel. And I think that's clear. Nor are they children because they are Abraham's descendants. But through Isaac, your descendants will be named, God says. Yeah, it's, he makes it clear in verse 8, even clearer. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. Mm-hmm. For this is what the promise said, About this time next year I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, Though they were not yet born and had done neither good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. He just said a mouthful. Um, and so Paul, Paul makes this clear. Um, because Abraham had another son. Ishmael and Paul points out that the promise that he is referring to uh, about this, this this descendant from Abraham is not Ishmael but it's the one through uh, it's it, it, it's through Isaac and then it's through Jacob that's where the promise is going and to Jacob come. becomes Israel yeah yeah and and through Israel comes Jesus and these have to be really hard sayings mm-hmm. if you're Jewish because you do think that it's through your line, your descendant, your ethnicity, mm-hmm. right? Your mm-hmm. birthright. Yes. This is where it is. Yeah. And throughout all of Scripture, God has made it clear. It's not about that. It's mm-hmm. about faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not about keeping the law. It's not about circumcision. It's not about following rules and regulations. It, it is or your placing, genealogy. Yeah, placing your faith in Jesus Christ. And I love what he says here because we get, in, we get into some of the muddy water. Uh, especially in verse 11 where he says, for though the twins, it's, it's Isaac and Jacob, were not yet born and had not done anything good or bad so that God's purposes according to his choice, would stand, not because of works, but because of him who calls. And God points out here that his choosing of, 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 of Isaac and Jacob has nothing to do with what they were going to do or what they had done because they were still in the womb. But it, it was, what is it, based on his, per, his choice. Yeah. According to his purpose, God chose one over the other. And sometimes we, we, we get the feeling, you know, we get into this, this, this fight over predestination versus, versus man's freedom. And, well, you know, God wouldn't, God wouldn't make me do something I don't want to do. And, 
Um, and then this, this tears the church apart, but I think this is very clear. Uh, God chose one, not because of what they had done, but because he's the one who does the calling. And it's not, it's not like if you're going to say, well, God looked ahead and saw that Jacob was going to choose him, and so he chose him. And you're, because he was going to do all these great things. I'm like, Jacob did a lot of rough stuff. So it's not like he looked ahead, which yeah. he, God sees everything. It's not like he looked ahead and said, Jacob's going to be better than Esau. Mm-hmm. No, that's not it. Right. That's right. not, he doesn't say that at all. No, I agree. And to, to prove your point, back in verse 11, uh, again, God, so that God's purpose according to his choice would stand, not because of works, so not because of what they were even going to do, mm-hmm. um, but because of him who calls, it was said to her, the older will serve the younger, just as it is written, uh, Jacob I love, but Esau I hated. And um, Paul, Paul quotes Malachi uh, chapter 1, verses 2 through 5 here. Um, and it's, it's not that God is, I hate you, this, this nasty emotion, it, but it's, it, it, it's the idea of I didn't choose you. I chose because of my purposes to bring this line through Jacob. Um, but again, it's it's God's sovereign choice uh, because this is God's plan of redemption. And it's so easy for us to go down the road of trying to reason out and think it out our own way. Like, mm-hmm. how does this go? Yeah. But Paul gives us a reason in these next few verses mm-hmm. to think through, well, where do you go from here then? Mm-hmm. Like, because this is so easy for us to think in our own mind of how God should have done it or why we think he did it that way mm-hmm. instead of just letting scripture tell us. Because oh, he good. says, what shall we say then? Right? Yeah. After you read that, what should we say? God's not fair. God, you're not fair. How could you? Is there injustice on God's part, right? That's exactly mm-hmm. what he's asking here. Yeah. By no means. He, there's that mega noita again. That uh-huh. absolutely not. As strong as it can possibly be. Yeah. There is no injustice with God there's here. Not. As much as we struggle with this idea, mm-hmm. whoa, you're saying some tough things yeah. here. And I think we think God is like we are. That God thinks like we do. That God acts like we do. That God has motives like we do. And that's just not true. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways, the Bible says. Yeah, and every time we try to insert mm-hmm. and make an, make an excuse for God yeah. on why he did it this way, mm-hmm. you run into these problems where you're like, you can't explain. Like, he doesn't explain it all. He no. just says it. Mm-hmm. This is the way it is. Yeah. And then and then when Paul starts explaining, okay, well, let's, let's try to help you. Mm-hmm. For he says to Moses, I'll have mercy on whom I have mercy. And all have compassion on whom I have compassion. So that it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. Wait, what? What? God said what? He's clearly saying. God says to Moses, Uh I'll do what I'm going to do. I'm going to show mercy to whoever I want. I'm going to show compassion to whoever I want. But, 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 wait a minute. But, but, hang on. But, but. Yeah, there is no but. No. God is God, and we're not. Um, and and uh, here Paul quotes Exodus thirty three nineteen. I will have mercy on whomever I choose to have mercy on because I'm God. And I will have compassion on whomever I choose to have compassion on. So it does, And like you said, so it does not depend on the man who wills, I'm going to do this, or the man who runs. 
but on God who has mercy. And uh, if you're listening, think about this. Think about your life before Jesus saved you, the things you were involved with, the places you used to go, the things you used to look at and read, um, your, your whole attitude uh, and your whole demeanor. But at some point in time, God had mercy on you and he had compassion on you, not because of what you had done or were going to do, but because in his sovereign will, he chose you out of this pool of humanity. He chose you, he chose Butch, he chose me uh, to be his, his instrument, to be his vessel. And that's, that's humbling to think that God would use somebody like me to encourage others and to, to share the good news of the gospel. God had mercy on me. And that's just a powerful thing when we stop and think about it. And you know what's ironic? As you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking mm -hmm. about like my own personal walk. And yeah. I'm like, there was nothing in me. When God revealed himself to me, there was nothing going on in Butch's heart yeah. that said I was going to be this wonderful Christ follower who would teach and preach. Or do mm -hmm. None of that. No. I was so far from him and running from him and doing things that were mm -hmm. despicable. Mm -hmm. And yet, he uses Moses and Pharaoh. Paul uses Moses and Pharaoh to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Moses had ran. He murdered somebody and ran for it. Mm -hmm. And yet, God pursued him in the desert and said, Nope, I've chosen you as a vessel of mercy. Yeah. And Pharaoh, who's raised up to this kingdom, I mean, look at the, the juxtaposition of people he uses yeah. here. Yeah. If he wanted to use somebody in the way we would think of it, mm -hmm. why wouldn't he pick Pharaoh? and make him the vessel of mercy. He's the king of Egypt, and he has all this money and power, and why not save him? And then he could cast it on down to all the people, but that's not how no. God chose to do it. No. And who are we to question? That's what he's saying to us. This is really hard, right? Because mm -hmm. we want to be able to question God and be like, how dare you choose him instead of choosing them and yeah. doing it this way? Why do you harden Pharaoh's heart? And you're like, and it's like, really? really and you do if you look closely at mm -hmm. things you do see both of the sovereignty of God and man's responsibility in Pharaoh mm -hmm. Pharaoh hardened his own heart but then it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart how do, I don't because how do they because God had a purpose yep and I get like 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 we read in verse 18 so then he has mercy on whom he desires and he hardens whom he desires. And if you look at, look at the very next verse, you will say to me then, this is Paul talking, because Paul is anticipating what his audience is thinking, why does he still find fault? For who resists his will? Wait, wait, wait. Isn't this the question that most of us want to say when we start to question, why does God do this? Mm -hmm. that, that funny question about why does God, yeah. why do bad things happen to good people? Well, wait. Well, are there, there are there good people? Quote there aren't, because Jesus said it. It's been repeated four different times in scriptures. No one's good. Mm -hmm. No one. No, no, not one. Except God himself. So we get in these things where we're saying things from the wrong place. And here's scripture trying to help us to say, who do we think we are that we're going to question God on and, this issue? And that's the question. That's the very question Paul addresses. Uh, verse 20, on the contrary, yeah. and I love because Paul puts 
us in our place. He says, who are you, O man, O, o creature? Created, right? Yeah, yeah creature, yeah. created. Who, an, who answers back to God. The thing molded will not say to the molder, why did you make me like this, will it? Or does not the potter have a right over the clay to make from, here it is, the same lump, one vessel for honorable use and another for common use? It's like, if God is the potter, he can choose to make whatever vessel he chooses to make for whatever purposes. And how, how dare the, the thing made say to the maker, well, why'd you make me like this? Because he had a purpose. And this is really, these are the hard sayings, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is where we have to sit back and listen to him and say, okay, I can question all I want to. But here the scriptures are telling us, this is not the place to question him mm -hmm. over who he's chosen to use for this purpose, yeah. who he's chosen to use for that purpose. The issue here is he's going to use all of us mm -hmm. for something. The question is, are you fitted for destruction mm -hmm. or are you fitted for compassion and mercy? And we're going to talk about that in the next couple of verses that really right. hit home with, wow, yeah. he's God, we're not. Yeah. So, oh man, oh creature, uh, God chooses what he chooses to do with the lump of clay before him, not us. His and choice. for us to go, how dare you, God, make Moses mm -hmm. this way? Or how dare you, God, make Pharaoh that way? Yeah. That's not for us to do. Agreed. Agreed. And I think we're going to see God's grace in these next few verses. Yeah. I think it, these next two verses mm -hmm. have just smacked me in the face for days. Yeah. And I, I'm excited to hop in here. Yeah. So go for it. So what if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory? Even us, Paul says, whom he called. But I want to stop there. But Paul makes this point, and I think it's great. This is exactly what God is doing. God, God is currently enduring with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction so that he can make known the riches of his glory upon those vessels of mercy that he's already chosen. These are, this is hard sayings right it here. It is, but this is what's happening. This is why, well, why, why does God allow bad things to happen? This is it, exactly. Yeah. He's ultimately the goal is that he's he's making known the riches of his glory for mm -hmm. vessels of mercy. Those of us that put our faith and trust in mm -hmm. Jesus, he has prepared beforehand mm -hmm. for glory. Yeah. Yeah. For glory. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So now you go back to Romans 8:18 8, mm -hmm. and realize mm -hmm. the sufferings of the present time will not compare. Yeah. To the glory that shall be revealed Amen. in us. All the suffering, all the crud that we go through here, mm -hmm. seeing the way we treat each other, mm -hmm. these funerals, molestation, mutilations, all these things we're doing to ourselves, suicides, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It has a purpose. This is not just randomly like, oh, geez, I don't know what God's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like he God, told us. If God is real, how come he's letting all this stuff happen? 
because he is enduring with much patience vessels of wrath so that he can make known the riches of his glory upon those vessels of mercy that he is calling to himself and will call to himself. But don't, don't think that God won't, when it's, when it's the right time, uh, change things and then bring about swift judgment. And that's what's coming in 10 and 11. Yeah. We'll see the... Oh, yeah. God, this isn't... Nothing's sneaking by him. Mm -hmm. That's what is so... It becomes abundantly clear to me. Mm -hmm. Nothing gets by him. We think that, oh, all these people that are doing all these little things above... Yeah. No, no, he says, wait, wait. He's yeah. enduring mm -hmm. with much patience. Those vessels of wrath mm -hmm. prepared for destruction. I was looking this up in the Greek. This katartizo mm -hmm. is like an amazing word here. Mm -hmm that has a context that we, it's hard to understand in the English, right? This aorist tense that's here. This has the connotation that they're fitting themselves for destruction. And I know there's debate, I've right. read a bunch of it. Some people try to debate this and say, no, no, this is, God's actually fitted them for destruction as well. I'm like, that's not how this context is. Mm -hmm. And if you look the way it's worded clearly in 22, mm -hmm. that these vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. Look at how different he says it. These people are prepared beforehand for glory. There's one that's active. There's one that's passive. They are very different in these two verses. Yes. And I love when people start trying to debate about double predestination. Mm -hmm. Like God yeah. predestines the unbeliever for hell. No, he doesn't. No. Uh, we were already as, as, as humanity. That's where you're on our way to going. Hell. Yeah, you were conceived in iniquity in your mother's womb yeah. before you were ever born. Mm -hmm. You were conceived in iniquity. Yeah. That's the direction you're going. Yeah. We were all Pharaoh, because sort of, of. Because of Adam, we're all headed toward, yeah. toward hell. Because of Adam, all headed that way. But, but because God decided to choose some vessels for mercy, uh -huh. and God fitted them Amen. for mercy. Preach. There is the there's the active voice that's done to us yes. or for us if you mm -hmm. want to look at it the way it mm -hmm. turns out. The benefit mm -hmm. for those of us that he chose, we are fitted for mercy. Yes. And God uses all the other stuff going on for all these people that are fitting themselves for destruction yeah. because they're choosing not to put their faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. In the end, they get justice. You get what you deserve. And there is no injustice in God, Paul says. Some of us get mercy. Others get justice. Preach, right? Yeah, the first time I, I read through this, it, it just... The fact that God would be merciful to me just really had a profound effect on my life. This made me... Going through these two verses, mm -hmm. looking at the difference between these two words, this katartizo and the proedtoimazo, you can correct mm -hmm. me on my pronunciation, Rod, because I that, but the prepared beforehand versus the fitted themselves, mm -hmm. it is so, it's a huge contrast. We're left to our own devices in verse 22, if you're stuck in that. Which is sin. Right? Mm -hmm. you just, that's what you want to do. Yeah. So you're going down this road as a vessel that is prepared and fitted by itself for destruction. And God endures that. Mm -hmm. He shows patience yeah. in allowing people that direction. 
But those that are fitted for mercy, mm-hmm. it's God who fits them. It's God who saved, yes. called, all those things we read in Romans, Romans 8, 8, 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go, brother. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. And here's, here's the thing. I just want to point this out. We don't know who God has called or, 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 or fitted for mercy. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why we share the good news. You mean God hasn't given you a list of who the elect are? No, there's no cross on anybody's forehead that says, yep, you're yep, going to be no. saved and you're going to get saved. No, but that's why we preach the gospel, because we don't know. The we only preach the gospel to everybody. The only thing we do know is what we're allowed to look at here. Mm-hmm. We do know between Moses and Pharaoh, it's very obvious, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He chose Moses. He did not choose Pharaoh. No, but he had a purpose for Pharaoh. Yep. Yeah. And it was to show the incredible mercy that he showed to the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. And not even all of those people, yeah. right? Because even some of them died in the wilderness mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. having faith that they were delivered by the one to look forward to. Yeah, right. And we're going to get to that in just a few scriptures. Yeah. Um, but I love what I love what Paul says. Uh, verse 24, even us, Paul includes himself in this, in this group who was prepared beforehand for glory, whom he called, not from among Jews only, but also from among Gentiles. Stop. Did you know that God's plan would always include the Gentiles? Not until I got in his word. Yeah, brother. <laughs> Even in the Old Testament. Yeah, you read the Old Testament and you're like, wow, it seems like it's all about the Jews, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but God included the Gentiles in his plan. But oftentimes as the church, we don't, we don't read the Old Testament because it's hard or it's scary. We're a New Testament church, therefore we've got to stay in the New Testament when all of the scripture is God's word, both Old and New Testament. And he did give us a glimpse into this, though. When, because you think of Israel, Israel technically is from Jacob mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. but he talks about Abraham and the children of promise there. Mm-hmm. So then you see, wow, this is interesting because you do have Ishmael's line going off away from mm-hmm. from um, Isaac, right. and there are still people of faith coming from that line mm-hmm. because it's not about the ethnicity, mm-hmm. and you see glimpses throughout Scripture. If you're paying attention, yeah. that it's always been about faith. It has not been about just the line of Israel. Amen. And that's what we see here. Just as yep. he says in Hosea, I will call those who are who were not my people, my people, and her who was not my beloved, beloved. And it shall be in that place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There they shall be called sons of the living God. And isn't this, isn't this God's choice? I will call them uh-huh. my is. people. Uh, you know, well, oftentimes we'll just kind of run over that to get to know there's something, and we, we don't stop to smell the roses. To people. We don't stop to look at well, what's what is God? What's what's the scripture really saying? We don't God's, look at the detail. God's saying that He mm-hmm. chose us, mm-hmm. that He calls us His beloved. Yeah. Well. Yeah, but Brother, I, this is not this whole, I walked the aisle, I prayed a prayer, mm-hmm. I did whatever. Mm-hmm. Did God use some of that to draw us to him? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes it is about praying a prayer where you realize that God has called you, that God has saved you. But he's telling us here, this is this is thousand plus years before Butch was born. Mm -hmm. And he's telling me here, I've called some Gentiles, including Rod Mm -hmm. and Butch. Mm -hmm. And I called you beloved when you were not the beloved in that ethnic sense of being part of Israel. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that means Gentiles because you had the Jews and everybody else. And and God says that it's just not those folks who were beyond the covenant. And just what you were sharing before, Mm -hmm. it's in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. They just, sometimes we breeze by it, or the Jews breeze by it. It's in Hosea. It is. This is a book that they would all say, this is a beautiful, Hosea and Gomer is one of the most beautiful pictures of God in the church. No, of God in Israel. Yeah, sorry. God in Israel. That's all right. Yeah, God in Israel, his love for for the Jews. And uh, God said, he tells Hosea, go back and get her. It told him, back be, and get her. told him before he married her that she yeah. was going to cheat on him, do uh, all this stuff. Yeah. Let him know ahead of time, but I still want you to love her. Uh-huh. And that's a beautiful and picture awesome of how picture. God loves us. It is. Yeah. Um, but I just love that, that God would call us who weren't his people to be his people. There's that, there's that mercy and compassion uh, that God has. Um, even verse 27 um, Isaiah crying out concerning Israel, though the numbers of the sons of Israel be like the sand of the sea, it is the remnant that will be saved. And here you've got Isaiah telling the Jews, uh, "You're going to if you don't turn from your sin, you're, gonna, you're going into captivity, and uh, not all of you going to come back." But Paul uses this. And there it is from Isaiah, mm-hmm. telling them again. Yeah. It's not about just the ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And warns them, there's only a small remnant that's going to be saved yes. out of all of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, agreed. Um, and then, oh, verse 28, For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth fully and without delay. As Isaiah predicted, if the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Okay, now what's what's the image there? What happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? Completely destroyed because their hearts and minds were intent on yeah. evil. Yeah, don't miss that. They were completely destroyed. This this the, the people in these cities. And this is what was deserved of Israel in their disobedience to all of his commandments and covenants. But God. But God saved a remnant. Yes. God, here we are again. Yes. Not the people Mm -hmm. thinking they saved themselves. Yeah. But God saved a remnant so that he would be able to continue giving the promises and all these things and his word to a people that would become his people who were not his people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And that's you and me, brother. Yeah, uh, because of their disobedience, he grafted us in. Uh-huh. We talked about that in is that four or five Romans. It's coming. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. Again, even some of those vessels of wrath mm-hmm. within Israel mm-hmm. that chose to be disobedient, because of that, mm-hmm. God grafts in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing is, that's always been his plan. 
It's not like, oh, let me do something different. This has always been God's plan. Yeah, he wrote it to Hosea. He's quoting Hosea, Isaiah. Isaiah. Uh I mean, look at, he's telling us, you just never saw it. It was there all along. Maybe if we take the time to read the Old Testament, maybe we won't be so Come on, brother, preach it. Come on. Um, Just saying. Um, All right, verse 30. (laughs) What shall we say then? The Gentiles, who did not pursue righteousness, attained righteousness, even the righteousness which is by faith. But Israel, pursuing a law of righteousness, did not arrive at that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as through it were by as though it were, excuse me, by works, they stumbled over the stumbling stone, just as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. Who's this stumbling stone? This seems like a key. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's a person because uh, uh, Isaiah says, and he who believes in him. Gee, that's, that's got to be. Uh, how about Jesus? The Messiah. Yeah. The Messiah. And this is why they missed it. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to believe that it was Jesus. Right. And they literally wanted him dead. Yeah. And he here's was a rock, we are. He was a rock, rock of, offense of offense to the Jews. The chief cornerstone. Yes. Right? Yeah. Stumbling block to them. Um, but I, lo- I love what Paul reminds us here. Um is that the Jews were, were, were trying to, to work their way. They had, a, they had a works righteousness. And salvation is not about our works, Paul said. It's about our, it's a faith salvation. And you notice here, there's been a theme. Oh, we'll get to that in verse, in chapter 10. I'm starting to head which, too far which, which will be next time. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> I didn't mean that to be a teaser, but it came out that way, didn't it? Hey, that, it but I, you I see it. That's a good thing. Right? This is not about pursuing a law that leads to righteousness if it doesn't lead there by faith. Yes. If you don't go by faith, you're just doing works, and works will never get you there. And I think that's an important distinction that we need to make is that Oftentimes we we go to church and we count that as well. That's that's one check mark for salvation. We 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 volunteer in church. Okay, that's another sure. check. That's another check mark. Um, when our salvation is wholly about having faith and placing our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, it is not about the things that we do, um, but it is about what Jesus has done. It is about and through faith in Jesus Christ. Um, and I think the church needs to wake up and realize this. Uh, it's not about doing. It's about having faith in Jesus. Now, uh, I, I will admit this. Once we're saved, then the, the things that we do, we do out of our love for God. But it's not about our, it's not so that we can be saved. It's because we are saved. Yep. Because that, though, even those works that you do after you're saved, those were all prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Yeah, it's Ephesians right? 2, yeah. Yeah. What does this all come down to? It comes down to it's not about Rod. It's not about Butch. It's all about God. But God. You see this over and over again. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. God or but Jesus. It's like it's all about him. It is. And who are we to question? It's up to us to submit. Oh, great. 
when you asked that question, I, I thought about uh, years ago, back in the 70s, there was a, a, a show that came on Saturday nights about 10.30. It was called Saturday Night Live. And mm. uh, there was, with this cast, you had Chevy Chase, who, who would do the news, and he would always open, I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. And what you just said reminded me of the fact that God is God, and we're not. And I'm not, and you're not, and those of you who are listening, you're not. God is God, and he chooses to have mercy and compassion on whomever he chooses to have compassion and mercy on. And we've got to be okay with that. And if you're, you're listening... And Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Savior, but this, this podcast has got you to thinking about your salvation or maybe about how you're living your life. Maybe you need to cry out. Maybe the Holy Spirit is working in your life right now, trying to help you to see your sin. Or that the fact that you're trying to work your way to salvation. And works will never, ever please God. It is having faith in his son who died on the cross for us. Believe in him, trust in him. That's where it comes from. Yeah. <clears throat> and you hit it right on the head, Rod. It's not for us. It's not for us to question. It's for us to worship mm -hmm. and to trust him. Yeah. That he can do whatever he wants. He's God. Yeah. And if I can just say, I am thankful. I am grateful that God had mercy on me. So, Lord, now that my eyes are open and now I see, Lord, whatever you need me to do. I'm your vessel. Amen, brother. Because, hey, I know where I'm going when I leave this life. And that's exciting. There are some things that I'm going to see that's going to blow my little mind. <laughs> uh, but it's because God chose to have mercy and be compassionate to me. Not because of what I've done, but because of him who calls. Amen, brother. So if any of you are in this place... If you have questions, concerns, you want to reach out to us, you can catch us at wum2guys at yahoo.com. Shoot us an email. Uh, we'd love to interact, pray for you, whatever it may be. Um, thank you so much for listening. Share it with friends and family. Um, we're going to try to do better about it ourselves to advertise and let people know that there's a place out here to dig into scriptures with us. We're just two beggars trying to find bread, and we know that the Word of God is the bread Amen. that will sustain us, yeah. that is better than any food this world could offer, and we appreciate the time. Look yeah. forward to getting into Romans 10. Amen. And just, just so you know, we're not, we're not here to beat you over the head with the Bible, but we want you to know what has God said so that you can be encouraged and maybe encourage somebody else. So I hope that this has been encouraging to you to know that if you belong to Jesus, that God had mercy and compassion on you. Not because of who you are or how good looking you are, how much money you have, or how outgoing your personality is. God chose you for a purpose. But I do appreciate you pointing the finger at me when you said how good looking you are, Rod. <laughs> hey, brother, nothing wrong with that. God gave some of us that gift. Others uh, it wasn't me. Always. I was just laughing. Rod's <laughs> finger pointed over here. Oh, but listen, thank you guys for being here. We appreciate your presence. Um, and so just let us know how we're doing. As Butch said, you can reach us at WUM2Guys, the number two, guys, at yahoo.com. Just know that we love you. And uh, we look forward to, to our next podcast. Yep. Lord bless you all. Have a great day. Take care.